Hi everybody and welcome back to Reload Podcast. My name's Lee Maxwell and as usual I'm joined by Nigel Lamont and Connor McCann. This is episode number 36. Uh, coming up we have our usual news and chat. We're going to be talking about super minis as our topic later on and we'll have some listener questions as well and we haven't had those for a few episodes now so looking forward to those. They're usually a bit of crack. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we've got. If you haven't listened to our last episode number 35 we had ben lawrence as our guest he was talking to us about his latest air-cooled beetle budget build and some of his previous air-cooled vehicles and his passion for carb tuning and drag racing brilliant interview i really yeah. enjoyed it must say can i just say like the actual like, the feedback from that episode was mental we had like even more messages than usual about the guests and like how good it was. Yeah. A couple of days after the recording, it was just the inbox was just ding, 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 ding. Yeah, he really seemed to like strike a chord with people, which is good. Yeah. And something we probably should have done before we recorded with him was went out for a spin in this Beetle. That, yeah. That's so good. Talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did afterwards. He took us I, out for a spin. I had the rush home. That's right. Actually, you didn't get to go. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting because like those Beetles are usually dog slow. And while it wasn't super fast, as he admits himself, it was interesting that it could keep up with standard road traffic being that sort of 70 horsepower and super light. And that looks cool as hell, too. It does, yep. And nice and low. Yeah, Ben's a real interesting guy and great guest. Yeah, appreciate yeah. him coming on. So if you haven't already, check that one out. But we'll start off today's episode, as usual, with what's new with you. So, Nigel, what's new with you? I've mentioned in the last episode that the Edition 30 was sold. Um, so... What had been two weeks ago or last weekend, the buyer came and bought it or picked it up actually, mm-hmm. and that's it away. Regrets because the week before he collected it, I had it basically in fast road setup with mm-hmm. cup suspension, eighteen inch wheels, uh, Michelin's non still static mode, and the car just it's epic to drive. <laughs> it's just yeah. absolutely seller's remorse. What it sort of improved what Volkswagen were doing with it. Looked absolutely class in the 19s and low, but such a good chassis when set up correctly. Yeah, some engineer in Volkswagen was cram when he did all that. Yeah, no, it's gone to good home. Uh, Leon, he's from Dublin, he has a club sport as well. Uh, so it's went to a genuine enthusiast and. But going by his messages, he's absolutely loving it. That's so, good. Good to uh, see it going to somebody that'll appreciate it as well. In good hands, so it is. So good to see. Good times. Nothing else in your Clinton? Got the Corrado on the road again there That's the other right. day. We were so, amber gambling on the other day. Uh, that was from the farm to the petrol station, basically. I forgot there was absolutely no fuel in it. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, as Shane uh, on Instagram messaged me, um, Buster Conrad. Ah, yes. He messaged me and he basically says, you're... What was it, your fuel pump right now, screaming or something? Probably is, yeah. It's probably red hot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I had similar, I remember when you posted up on Instagram about it, I remember years ago going to the MOT station in the Corsa in Newry and just down from the, I was going to get petrol on the way and I was running late as usual and said, ah, oh, fuck it, it'll be fine, straight into the MOT centre. And then when I got out, I was like, this thing really needs petrol. I was coming down the hill to the, or the petrol station and the car caught out. And I managed to get it like through the traffic, rolled across the road and up to the petrol pump. But I rolled up to a diesel pump. So I had to get out and push it back to the actual petrol pump. <laughs> Feeling like a dick. Was the Benny Hill music playing in the background? No, but there was a lot of people about it. It was like, you know, like kicking out time when schools are out. And you're oh, like, oh, excellent. So nobody's seen you then? Oh, no. Yeah. And not yeah. that they would have noticed a bright yellow corset with a body kit on it at all. Subtle. Yep. Very subtle. <laughs> what about you, Lee? Uh, not much, unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks. Um, I guess you'll probably talk about some of the stuff you've been doing with the Jetta. Um, once again, I have been 
supremely unhelpful because I've been working and organizing online baby showers and well, you know all the other Crap. kind of life stuff that happens. You did have a scene kids meeting yesterday. I had a scene kids meeting yesterday. Nice. And getting some tattoos. Who should pop through the door but uh, Mr. Tom Kennedy. Oh, very good. Also getting some of his tattoos done as well. Is that John, crooked mile, was it? No. Mm. Yeah. The John 44 classifieds banded himself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, nursing my arm today. Yeah, you're holding it really comfortably there. I like that. Yeah. What have you done? She can't even show it. I'll, I'll give you 10 minutes to get your jumper <laughs> off. I'll talk when you take your top <laughs> off. Um, I've, as before, back working at the Jetta. I'm actually in quite So Lee sits it. in the house working away and all she can hear is distant screams of pain as you cut yourself, mutate yourself. Well, yeah, pretty oh, wow. Much. I'm just looking at the tattoo here. So do you want to describe it? Well, it's an octopus tentacle on my right forearm um, holding a, a MIG welding torch. And wow. what's the plan for the rest of it? So I'm going to have some more, the tentacle will, you know, continue on around my arm here and I'm going to have spanner and microphone for the podcast and <laughs> some other Basically bits. all your hobbies kind of thing. Yeah. Very good. Class. Yeah. It's a bit stingy today. His shadow works brilliant. You know, the film. And the, oh, the detail in yeah. it is, just, I just can't get over it. And as a, someone who has the artistic skills of a boiled potato, it makes it even more impressive to me because I'm like, how do people do this? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> And they're, who and, have they're ta- and they're chatting away while they're doing it. Yeah. You're just going, oh, just creating art on your yeah. arm here. You know? I know I'm always afraid of getting tattoos to speak to them. I'm like, he's going to mess this up. I'm going to distract him. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Facebook page, what it's called. Screwed up tat- bad oh, tattoos or something. Oh, they're always fun. Sad Panther. Sad Panther is a personal favourite. <laughs> Do yourself a favour and Google Sad Panther tattoo. It's <laughs> epic. Um, just rushing off to Google here right it, now. It is good. So, yeah, I've been at the Jetta. Making the brake lines something my OCD really enjoys is trying to copy the original brake lines again. We also had a bit of an update as well with the Bora. So we know the bars are back open and not only are the people... Oh, Nigel. Nigel's just Google Sad Panther. <laughs> what the hell is that? Sad Panther. Yeah, he's good. There's, there's different varieties of people copied it. Copied yeah, it, 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 it became a thing, so people wanted a Sad Panther. That's how bad it is. I like it. <laughs> it's just generated a meme, basically. Yeah. yeah. All, and then you get a tattooed on you. You'll be getting it next week then, will you? I hope, yeah. And Tanya, see, once you get your first tattoo, you're really odd about getting the first one. And then once you get the first one, you're like, just draw whatever you want. It's fine. You just yeah, become go, totally go open mad. to it. Go mad. Um, yeah, so the Bora, the bars are back open. I believe the birds have been on the Guinness because what I took off the back of the Bora for bird shit would have covered this table. Lovely. It was horrendous. <laughs> I had to hose it for about five minutes to get the lift. It was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> um, what else did we do? Oh, last night we worked out that, well, specifically Stefan worked out. So Jake, you noticed Jake messaging Nigel, the listener? Yep. He has bought a one litre up. Yes, he bought wheels off me. Yes, that's right. And he is an absolute fiend with a car. While the handbrake is good, the traction control can't turn off. So he can't do 59 horsepower wheel spins. I think it was he was trying to achieve. In McDonald's car parks to yep. impress all the young ladies. Knock all the wee girls' clothes off. Mm-hmm. And... Stefan then went on to Google and worked out that there's like a back mode for mechanics to work out at the car to turn the traction control off and you like put the hazard lights on, pump the pedal four times or five times and then start the car and it knocks the ignition off. So it turns out that while, even, while it's running, it knocks it off. Or sorry, it knocks the traction control off. Yeah. So then it turns out even when you do that, you still can't do a burn in it because there's not enough power. No. We try to reverse the first down, like backwards down our hill at home and still wouldn't do it. It's just stalled. So, no. Needs a turbo. 
wonder what conversions have they done to them week or someone put a VR6 in the one that sounds about yeah there's a lot of lubrication needed I would say that's what she said that must exactly. weigh twice what the car weighs it probably does yeah because the original end is a three cylinder so you're basically putting a six cylinder into it yeah it'd be fun so yeah that's as, about as much stupidity as I've been up to from the last two weeks cool just before we move on to the news then, Connor, you have a sponsorship read for us? Yep. This episode is brought to you by Rado Global. Rado Global are an enthusiast-owned company providing you with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as garage banners, posters, stickers and air fresheners. They're Northern Ireland-based and are an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe. They're currently offering 10% off for anyone who uses the discount code POD10. So pop on over to reload.global to view their online store and see what's right for you. Okay, big news. We have a new sponsor, guys. And you might know of him. It's Robin Studio 10. He's decided to jump Hi, on board as a sponsor. I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you might know him. He's actually going to come in, I think, next episode and uh, chat. To, to catch up with him. the next one or the next one after to have a chat about what he's going to be offering over the next while. Very good. So, uh, yeah, I'll just do the quick read here. I'd like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Studio 10 is a car care business located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland. Robin and his team specialise in vehicle detailing, paintwork correction and ceramic coatings. Robin is a board member of the International Detailing Association, the only Mavinci approved detail in Northern Ireland, a Rupes Bigfoot specialist and a qualified vehicle technician with many years of experience working on the prestige marks. Studio 10 are a distributor for racing line performance parts which cater for a wide variety of VW Audi group vehicles and can supply and fit all race line performance parts to your vehicle. To view their range of detailing products, training courses and details on all the services they provide, visit their website at Studio 10 Car Care or simply Google Studio 10. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Studio 10 Detail. So thanks very much to Studio 10 for coming on as a sponsor. Yeah, so just carrying on off the back of the sponsors of our podcast, I'm very pleased to announce that we are running a third driven run, a combination of Reload and Studio 10. We're going to have another run on Saturday the 29th of May, so mark it in your calendar. Uh, the details will be released very soon and all the information you'll need. And we've done a recce run Saturday past. This is coming out Wednesday. Uh, done a recce run, and it's a real enjoyable run. And hopefully we'll get the weather like the first one, not the second one we've done. Well, in the first one, I got sunburned. Oh, like in the ridiculous. second one, you nearly flooded. And in the kayak. You nearly, <laughs> we all nearly drowned. <laughs> and But somewhere in between the two would be nice. Yeah. I don't really fancy skin cancer again. The, kind of avoid that would be great. <laughs> I was bright red that first day. Like. Yeah. It was Lee's fault. She didn't put the sun cream on. Yeah. I blame Lee. So we're very excited to announce that. And we hope to have another one later in the year. But this is the first of hopefully many to come. And yeah, me and Robin are very excited to hold these. Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. We'll move on then to the news. Nigel, do you want to go? First quick story is about car sales. I think we're stuck for car news April, May last year because there was nothing going on. So we either talked about car sales or speeding fines, basically. Pretty much, yeah. So just, just to sort of throw back to that, um, 
There's recent figures that just came out, and as you'd expect, there's a freak rise after a COVID hit 2020 in car sales. In Northern Ireland, sales rose by 14,000% compared to 2020. 2020, they sold 24 <laughs> new cars. Um, this year so far, they've sold 3,295. In the UK, it's up 3,177. April last year, there was just over 4,000. April this year, they sold over 141,000. It's still 12.9% lower than the April average between 2010 and 2019. Society of manufacturers and traders say there's still, it is still some way off. Context is everything. Increase is a reflection of how bad April 2020 was rather than how strong it is this year. The percentages always sound good when you haven't sold anything the previous year, don't yeah. they? Yeah. 14,000%. It's, it's a kind of non-story, you know. It's, uh, yeah, even at that, it's very difficult. We have a few friends in car sales here, and they're really struggling to get anything new. And secondhand stuff has been sold at more than what the new price was as well. Yeah. It's crazy. Formula One news. Red Bull have announced that they're going to start building their own engines. Interesting. Which is very strange, I think, for a, a drinks manufacturer, essentially. Previously, they were running what engines was it they were running? They've had, over, they had a couple over the years. I think when they first started, they were running a Ferrari engine or something for the first year. And then they had a kind of long standing relationship with Renault, which got very Hated. sour ah. towards the end. <laughs> That's right, because the drivers of Ive, it was basically. I'm sort of falling out around because he's dropping the engine to take Honda. On. I, think, ah, I think that was the first, uh, the first so series of Honda. I think the last. This year and last year, maybe. Um, but Honda have announced they're pulling out of Formula One entirely at the end of this year. So that's why it is. Aye, right, so they're leaving them high and dry on anyway. With the new, there'll be new regulations and that coming in, so they can still continue to use the Honda engine for the next couple of years. But I think they're looking at twenty twenty four. They're going to bring uh, everything in house. Now there's all sorts of rumours and things flying around of is it going to be a Porsche engine because Volkswagen have. Made noises yeah. about returning to Formula One, so that could be a way in for them. Um, but yeah, it's it's strange, and I think the other part of the story is it's going to be built in Milton Keynes of all places. <laughs> like what nice. a random! <laughs> it is, yeah. So are they going to be melting down the cans for this? But potentially, yeah. Ford so earlier on, you have your shareholder in Red Bull, so I am, yep. you should be getting up updates regularly on it. Yeah, I'll, uh, you I'll keep get, you in the loop. They just need to get Monster Energy into, the, into <laughs> it as well. So when the Silverstone Grand Prix on, you'll get pit access and all yeah, the VIP. That'd be good. Well, helicopter lay in for fuck's sake. <laughs> you'll be able to fly in yourself, the wings. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, I just thought that was interesting. It's uh, it is an odd. It's move. weird, but like could it's, be good. It's a it's a way for VW, Porsche, or whatever to come into the F1 in a sort of already set up package. Aye, yeah, but. Red Bull are that big a brand. They're not going to buy Red Bull out. Like, no. Yeah. But I, I think there was talk that they might actually come in not as a as a competitor, but like an engine supplier, that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So that could be leading the way. So be interesting to watch that. My first bit of news in is actually about Ferrari, which is odd for me, not being a huge Ferrari guy, but they have a new You're wearing car. a Ferrari jacket right now, Connor. Uh, yeah, some chance. Your change, man. Like Joey from Friends. Um, a Ferrari 812 Competizione. Again, it's not like me to be into Ferraris or have Ferrari news, but this thing is 819 horsepower V12 revving to 9,500, so at least it's going to sound good, as opposed to some of these electric stuff that's coming out. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. It's like 
um, titanium rods are 40% lighter than previous models, not the 62.85 seconds. You know you're really getting into it when you're getting the... Point, point, point. Uh, you're getting the two decimal places and you're not the 60. <laughs> but the most impressive part is that there's a convertible version. And again, that isn't the most impressive part. It's the laziness on the behalf of this. Because you have the 812 Competizione is the hardtop, the convertible's name, the Competizione, A. Aperto. Just stuck an A on the end of it. <laughs> so this is like something that was just like, oh, we'll come up with a name later. Just stick an A on the end of that there, and then nobody ever bothered with it. I don't It's a strange marketing move from... They probably ran out of the room. Put the badge in the back and just... Like, letters. Because puerto means convertible in Italian. Or Could so. well do. I'm not that is. well cultured. But uh, they've just went, ah, A will do. Maybe that's what it is, short for. Oh, it's aperto. It yeah. uh, must be then. It doesn't sound very nice. Usually the Italians come up with all nice names that usually mean like, you know, fence you, or something or door in a... Do you remember the early good? McLarens? It was like a flipping access code, the door lock. True. Some but, of the numbers they came up with. Yeah, but that's the British. Like, they're not really that flamboyant <laughs> as the Italians. Like, oh, they're not known for their style. Yeah. It's uh no. It is, it is a nice car. Um, 211 mile an hour top speed, like, so... What did it do for an up to the shops? Like? Move to the shop. You get there quick. Yeah. What sort of does that? I didn't even look it up because it's, it's not going to be 300 or 400,000. Let's just face it. Uh, if you're lucky, it's probably more. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, it's not, I only brought it up because of the name because I just thought it was a strange one. It's not a realm that I would look into, but sticking with the V12, when a lot of manufacturers are downsizing and the turbos and stuff is quite a cool move from Ferrari too, though. What have you got? Um, yeah, a wee story on uh, Roman Grosjean who burst into flames at the end of the F1 season last year. Ghost Rider. Yeah, the famous Johnny crash. Johnny Blaze. <laughs> so a wee story that uh, has came out in the middle of the week was that he will get an F1 farewell with Mercedes. The Frenchman will drive Mercedes title-winning W12 at Paul Ricard uh, in June, seven months on from that incident. He will basically do a one-off test drive. So enter Toto Wolf, the coolest boss, Mercedes boss. He has promised Grosjean a more fitting, fitting send-off as he lay in hospital bed. Let's not forget this driver who racked up 10 podiums in the decade-long career in the top tier of motorsport. So uh, Racked up a lot of cars as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's getting to drive the W10. I think it's like a showpiece type thing, is it? Yeah, he's basically will perform demo laps in Lewis Hamilton's W12 ahead of the French Grand Prix next month, followed by a full private test two days later as home circuit. This isn't... It's like a testimonial for a footballer. Aye, this, this isn't um, Lewis's current car he's driving no it's last season aye because the chances are he's going to write it off yeah yeah yeah. Grosjean I think one of your favourite crash from F1 is uh, Grosjean crashing on the pace cars out he's trying to warm the tyres up yeah and he just fucking nose dives into (laughs) a wall was that Singapore no it was one of the city circuits and he uh, basically slowed the pace car was out and it was slowing down and he was just waving side to side keep heating the tyres just (laughs) put her straight into the wall (laughs) A personal favourite of Lee's. Mm. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so with a global pandemic forcing a lot of meetings online, the buzzwords of this year have been Zoom and Teams and Skype and you're on mute. Yeah. <laughs> um, particularly for those people who are, you know, I'm not going to say older people, but people who are not so familiar with technology, there's been a lot of uh, fails. You're looking at Nigel there? I'm looking at you. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> We're both attacked. <laughs> I'm offended. I mean, after all, who can forget the I'm not a cat? 
Oh, did you see it, Nigel? No. Oh, some some American, was it a judge or a solicitor come on? Yeah, he was an attorney and they were doing the, the court proceedings or whatever, obviously virtually. But he had put a cat filter on by mistake and he didn't know how to take it off. And he actually just quoted us telling the judge, don't worry, I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the latest online meeting feel uh, that's making headlines at the minute concerns Ohio State Senator Andrew Brenner, uh, who joined an Ohio controlling board meeting while driving. As you do. Which wouldn't have been that noteworthy on its own, however <laughs> inadvisable and unsafe it may be. But what what catapulted him to online infamy was his shoddy attempts to make it look like he wasn't in the car. So he had used a picture of his house office as, background. as a background but you could clearly see his seatbelt <laughs> he didn't want to fall off the office chair and him so like, partridge, was it like, or? looking left and right at junctions and stuff like <laughs> maybe he lives in an earthquake soon <laughs> um, adding a, a little I'm bit of not driving a- him on a roller coaster <laughs> The final irony was that uh, Ohio Bill 283 aimed at tweaking the law when it comes to distracted driving and the use of electronic devices in cars was being discussed the same day. The lot is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh... Yeah, it's quite funny. Check check out the video. I like that. Is there a video on it, is there? Yeah. I'll have to look it up and see. Um, my next one then is trackdays.co.uk. I think they're mainly an English-based firm. Um, they're obviously off your track days. You can go and hire Ferraris, Lamborghinis, all that carry on. Just standard stuff you would see people have done for years. I think you used to do it here at Nuts Corner as well, but I don't know if it was the same crowd or not. Don't know. But they're actually offering a classic drive experience. So it's a lot of older cars they're bringing in. Again, seems kind of, um, you know, something a bit different. And then you realize that the cars that they're offering are Austin Maestros. Uh, Ford Sierras, Vauxhall Cavaliers, and Roland Robins. Yay! So yeah, that that was kind of my response to this. It was a big, a big. They're not what you would say track cars. No, they're not. Like I would have imagined they were going to bring out like MGB GTs or something. You know, like we're older kind of sports cars or you know that kind yeah. of thing. But it just seems... a bit of pep and step. And then I kind of wondered, I was like, am I just kind of being a dick here because we kind of drive older cars on a more normal basis? You know, well you. You came here today, obviously, from work in the Corrado, which is, what, 30-year-old? Obviously, these are slightly older, but, you know, is it because of that, or is it literally as boring as I can imagine? I think they're catering to somebody who has this fantasy of a classic car. Yeah, of an older life. Maybe, and maybe not the, cars the hot, or, you know, the fast yeah. classic. Like, could you imagine, imagine going to a race circuit and doing laps of it and on an Allegro, <laughs> all, like, 70 horsepower of it? Yeah. And wallowing around it's a it's different definitely. market they're maybe trying to reach yeah and then like what do you do because like you obviously go on those track days and you get into the Lamborghini and you do a few laps and you're kind of controlled and then the driver takes you out and he horses the shit out of it and scares you you imagine the driver getting into the mini and just be like meh <laughs> <laughs> and you go well, is he a speed. sheep he seems to be <laughs> It just, it just seems a very, very strange story. Or why? I can't imagine there's much of an uptake on it. Like. There must be a demand for it if they're doing it. Hopefully and so. They've done some market research and all these boring people are going to drive slowly around the track. It seems to be. Back to percent. mediocre cars. Four people responded, but there were 100% on the rates. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think I'll be doing that one. But if it interests you, check it out, I suppose. Big pass from me in that. Aye. I think I'll stick to my own stuff. 
I'm going to sneak us into the middle of the news, or is this the end of the news? No, this is, I have another one, but this is news. Okay, this is big news. Try and remain calm, folks. But GTNA is going to have a show. A show. A show. Year. We're having an outdoor summer show. We had somewhere between one and 600 messages about this, I think. Yes. Yeah, so this should satisfy a few people. So, note the date. Saturday, 3rd of July. All details will be posted shortly, don't worry. If not, by the time we announce this. The show is called Eurotreffen. Bit of a German reference there. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we're very excited. It's an uh, all-European show, and uh, hopefully it'll kick ass. It's a lovely wee spot we've got the hold of. Can you um, describe the spot, or do you want to leave it for now? Uh, yeah, it's lovely. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a really nice spot. Um, there's water beside it. There's trees surrounding it. It's just a really, really nice spot, and we hope you'll be really happy, and we hope to all see you there. Yes, yeah, because that was the kind of thing with Castlewell. When it was gone, it was always, it was a nice location, chilled out vibe, and just park up and enjoy the place. Yeah, we're we're hoping this will be something to work on over the years to sort of replace Castlewell. Very good. Um, So we're excited about that. So hope to see you there, folks. I would say you're not the only one excited about it. (laughs) Third of July, that's your deadline. Get those brakes done. Get your wheels refurbished. I'll refurb them myself. There you go. <laughs> if it means going to a show. I never actually anticipated this. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, just to summarise, Euro Treffen, 3rd of July, be there. Uh, my final bit then is about brake calipers. And anyone who knows me, I'm a big fan of brakes, huge brakes. Like, literally, if I could get them bigger than the wheels, I would probably do it. Connor um, owns more brakes than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, that's... No joke. Yeah, four pots, six pots, single pots from various manufacturers. I will try and fit them all. Um, Pots pots in the kitchen. Pots and pans, yep. (laughs) Um, However, I've never had the desire to put neons on my calipers. Any use ever? Cool cool nights or, you know... I've never took hallucinogenic drugs, so no, I haven't. No, as I imagine (laughs) it would save you the bother of taking the drugs and get the full experience. Um, So over the years... What do you call those little things that people used to put on their valve caps? Yeah, tire flies. Tire flies. So we've had neons under the car, we've had LED tire flies on the valves, we've had LED washer jets, and now you can have LED calipers. I was driving behind a car one night and... I th- actually thought it had neons and then I figured out fire? no <laughs> it was uh, the number plate lights it had like these white LED number oh, plate lights oh, that I were that. casting a, a glow on the ground and I actually thought it was neons, neons they were so bright, so, bright yeah. so this is actually from Brembo and they must be running out of ideas because this is their latest concept called G Sasanta calipers so there's like fins on the top a bit like a Mark 4 R32 calipers like finned on the top mm-hmm. and the neon LED kind of glows along those fins. Very, very strange. Not something that I would be into. The Surely that's Japanese market. It's bound to be. Yeah, like a Bosuzuku style or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's maybe coming back. Um, Where might be just born. Also controlled by your smartphone, so you can change the colour of them. My thing is, once that caliper needs rebuilt, that's going to be an expensive thing again, like, isn't it? That's just going to be horrific. Yep. Especially Brembo. And you get the brake dust all over them, it'll be... It's, it's just a weird I one. I don't know. Which is worse? Those or the fake Brembo covers? Oh, the fake Brembo. At least these aren't Brembos. <laughs> the Brembo covers are horrendous. I once seen rear... Especially when they're on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I once seen at a car show rear Brembo... A rear red 
brake drums uh-huh. with Brembo sticker on them. Oh, I like that, yeah. Oh, those those well-known Brembo drums. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, that's a man of style and class. <laughs> he knows what he wants. He just can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, so that's weird. They also have a thing as well, I suppose this is a bit of a, a shaming thing, they have a Brembo logo in the centre of it that actually lights up when your brake pads wear down. So you, you be sure as hell you'll see like somebody with four grand's worth of wheels and the no brake pads with a light glowing on them. Pretty standard. They'll be queuing up in Tokyo for them. They will. It's, it's, do you know what? They'll be queuing up here too. They'll be purposely running the brake pads down so you get the wee Probably, glowy yeah. badge. More I would. Likely. I'd be like, Ooh. oh, like no. that. it's so snobby. What am I living with? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. We'll get Leah set for the, <laughs> for the Jetta. Yeah. Nice. Currently doesn't have brakes on at the minute anyway, so you know, now's Te- the time. Technically it does. Here's the opportunity. Off yet. <laughs> yeah, well that's me. That's cool. all there. Plenty of news this week. Uh, Nigel, have you any YouTubes for us? You're a resident YouTube man usually. Just a quick three, and the first one I've probably mentioned just box far too many times, but um, their latest series is Japan in a van, and it's their second or third visit to Japan. Uh, it's Japan the van because they hire out this like van in Japan. It's not a van, but it's the people carrier sort of things. And uh, yeah, as usual from Jishbox, it's full of great content, laughs. It's Neil, Ruben, and Flip from the if you, you sort of call it a show, sort of YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's two weeks they're out for, but every Monday they release an hour long episode or next in the year an hour long episode, and it's just fantastic. I have a. Uh, like enough Japanese old JDM stuff so yeah um, so do I every Monday, I'm, every Monday I'm excited to see it um, they're going around um, all the sort of famous car sales places from back in the day that sold old Skylines and showing you some that are still there and some that are gone um, they go to the A86 day at I forget what track it is but it's just you ever seen the Mandela one? Yeah. Well, it's basically that, only bigger. And it's it's huge as it is, yeah. Um, and then a one that I particularly liked was the, uh, they went around all the tuners, like old famous tuners like uh, Trial, Signal Auto, Jay's oh, Racing, yeah, yeah. Factory AI, stuff like that there. And the vast majority of the workshops were very welcoming to them and sort of showed them around, stuff That's like good, that there. Yeah. And they're just, the majority of the guys in the workshops are very... I can't believe there's guys flew all the way from Ireland to see them and all. Yeah. Um, and then one of the videos is Kanjo racing. Do you yep. know what that is, Connor? Yep, I do. Just brap, brap. Flat out. Around the carriageways yeah. in your Honda Civic. Um, it's, I don't get it. It's like street racing, but not in your average, like yeah. quarter mile straight line type stuff. It's, yeah. it's not that. Um, the noise is just mental off them civics on the yeah. on the pipe, but uh, no, very good recommendation is as usual as the juice box guys. They're very very uh, entertaining and it's full of content. And I haven't actually seen any of their stuff, and I keep meaning to. Yeah, uh, if I, was, I, I wish I was in a position where I could watch everything from the start again because I just think it's brilliant. I think that's what kills me with a lot of stuff is I hate coming in in the middle of it and then you're like, well, where do I catch up with it here? They're opposite headers, but. Neil, he's just completely old JDM Yoda, basically. Aye. He knows all the stuff. That's good, yeah. And, like, Neil's, he, he's into the the twin cams, Ruben, like a sort of Skyline uh-huh. sort of stuff. And then Flip, he's into the RX-7s. So, he is. So, yeah. Good video. Really enjoyed it. Um, nobody else has any YouTube? No, no. Um, another quick one this week was uh, the Collecting Cars announcement of a mental collection of rare Porsches that uh, Chris Harris was promoting. Uh, I think it's a t- like a 12-minute 
minute video of a walk around, a brief walk around of the collection. It's 38 rare Porsches, like just mental, all the nice Ren Sport models. Just a quick listen here. Among the stars are also classic models such as 911 Carrera 2.7 RS, formerly owned by JKF Jamiroquai, Carrera 3.2 Club Sport with only 6,000 miles, various Carrera RSs. Uh, 996 GT3 RSs, one of 682 built, 997 Speedster, 997 Sport Classic. I think it has two Carrera GTs on it with a few thousand miles. Amongst that, there's also a couple of rare Ferraris, uh, a Z8 BMW E28 M5. It's just an insane collection, and I think it's actually live now, but I think there's no reserve on them, and they're just some of the nicest. It'd be interesting to see what they make. Like, no reserve's not going to be a bargain, I don't think. Well, the Porsche, I think they've put it up now because I think the Porsche model uh, market has just been absolutely mental in the last yeah. few months. People are just throwing money into them and investment. Come on, bubble burst. Burst for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm just scrolling down through the page here. It is live, and there's a 73, 911, 300,000's on it at the minute. Oh, you text uh, that to get a good one. Yeah, most of them are in 100 and 200,000 pounds at the moment. So, yeah, get break the piggy, piggy bank open. Yeah, get her done. Cool. So, 11 minutes of just Porsche porn, Automotive basically. Porn, aye. Yeah. The last YouTube mention, just a quick one, is a series done by a fellow called Steve, Steve Booker. He's a complete non-car guy. I only watched a few videos because lately he got into cycling. Um, but he done this classic Range Rover restoration series and it's like an eight week restoration project and it's really really interesting he's a guy that has no uh, knowledge about cars whatsoever he takes it to uh, a place called Nutjob in Brighton who do a lot of restoration of camper vans and classic cars and it's basically I think it's about a, every week there's a 20 or 30 minute video and it's basically getting a pretty rotten Range Rover Classic pulling it apart and completely doing a nothing job nothing bolt job on it and is he working alongside them with it yeah like he's walking in day one going I haven't a clue how, how do I help yeah They're, these two guys that are working with him are just fantastic to watch very good They're, what type of Range Rover is it like an old two door one or four 91 door? oh yeah it's not as old then as I thought um, so yeah still old enough to be rotten he, he knows zero, zero about cars and it's just interesting to see the amount of work that's required and just to see the transformation. Uh-huh. It's a, The channel itself, you probably have no interest whatsoever, but this series about the Range Rover is very, very good watching if you're stuck for something. That's so. on his own channel, is it? Yeah, Steve Booker. Very good. So, it is. so yeah, that's my YouTube for this week. Excellent. Okay, Connor's going to lead us then today in our main topic, so take it away. This one was uh, one... Anybody who follows us on the Instagram page, which most of us probably do, might have noticed we had a post up about uh, 90s super minis. And it was actually something I was thinking about while on the toilet one day. I hadn't really planned good anything. Good, great inspiration That's always it. comes from a good dump. It does indeed. <laughs> and uh, I was sort of thinking back to like cars I had when I was younger and thinking, you know, like, what would you buy now if you were back then? Or, you know, that kind of thing. And I just sort of threw it up on the page and... A lot of people kind of latched on to it and got a really good yeah, response. Good response yeah. So I thought while everybody commented what they would buy, I thought maybe we could talk about what we would buy. Mm-hmm. And then there was a few comments talking about like older stuff, like AXGTs and stuff, which were kind of like 90s cars or were well known in the 90s, but were actually 80s models. So we sort of thought we'd try and touch on a bit of both. So we put ourselves in a situation where we were in the early 90s buying a car that was seen as a 90s car or sold in the 90s but was actually an 80s model 
well, for instance, there you'd have like a 205 GTI, Renault 5 GT Turbo, Novas, that kind of thing, and then move on to the next model, which would be something from like sort of mid to later 90s. You know, it was a purely a 90s car, Corsa Bs, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just something a bit of fun, and we can sort of relate back to what you guys were saying on the actual uh, Instagram page. So, who wants to go first? You go first. I'll go first. Okay. So, my first one then is uh, something probably a lot of people won't expect from myself. I had a lot of cars when I was younger. My first car was actually a Nova, which was our rally car. The first road car I bought, or what was going to be my road car, was actually a Series 1 or Phase 1 106 non-GTI model. I don't think either of you actually know that. I did. You do that, yeah. And uh, you know too much. And... I do like uh, French cars. They're absolute bundles of crap for build quality, but they're fun. They handle well. Yeah, they do some nice things. And the first thing I looked at on this on this category was a Renault Five GT Turbo. So, probably personal limits of what you could probably afford or afford insure back in the day. But I went for it anyway. So it's a fourteen hundred eight valve pushrod engine, absolutely archaic thing. I think it harked back to the sixties or the fifties. This engine design. But it had a T2 size turbo on it, pushing out 118 horsepower, um, 85 kilogram, or sorry, 85, 850 kilos. So typical French, a bit T- of power and can. a tin can. And not the 60, because at that age, not the 60 is everything in 7.5 <laughs> seconds. The Renault 5s are so cool. Compared to like a standard Renault 5 is not cool. The GT Turbo ones with their chunky body kits. And they kind of have that 80s box arch you know the square arches and stuff on them which when you think of cars like that people think you new know, lancias golf rallies they don't think of a Renault 5 but when you look at it it is it does fall into that category obviously over the standard model upgrade from all uh, upgrade to alloy wheels as well the french don't do the interior so well and when you see these the one i had in my head would have been gray and they come with like a blood red carpet and black seats with like the red like almost like slices across it and it just looks so good. Even on that base model 106 that I had, it had like blue clocks and stuff in it. And French are always into that weird stuff with like coloured seatbelts. And I really like it. Yeah. So again, over the standard model and this, I think this is very off its time. The GT Turbo is lowered 40 mil. So you get like a performance model of a car now. And like, what's it lowered over a stock one? 10 mil. You know, it's, you wouldn't even notice it. This thing, like back in the day, max power days, you were putting 40 mil springs into something as modified, but here the French were doing it out of the factory. I started to think then, you know, what would I be doing to it modifications wise? And obviously if there's a turbo there, it's very easy to eke a wee bit more power out of it. Probably put it on a manual boost controller, bigger exhaust and rejet the carb. And you can see like 140 horsepower easily out of the standard turbo. That's mental and a wee thing like that. Something that uh, they do give a lot of bother with though is the head gaskets to paraphrase spider-man with great power comes great responsibility to change your head gasket or at least carry one with you which actually <laughs> leads me to a story our friend Stefan told me i can't remember where he was i think i don't know if it was santa pod or what it was like a reynolds show they were at over in england and these guys were racing this Reynolds five and they actually had a full so basically typical Reynolds five gt turbo fashion the head gasket blew out so to repair it they pulled, opened the boot, pulled out this Tupperware like box with a full head on it and a head gasket and they had it replaced in about 20 minutes because there's no, <laughs> you have no timing belt to contest with or anything. You know, it's all push rods. So you just undo the bolts, whip the head off, gasket on, new one on, where you go, get the other one skimmed at a later date. Uh. 
because these boys know what they're up against like but they're they're such a cool car it's always the turbo or head gasket went in real five turbos back yeah. in the day and it was probably the standard thing of you know i put a manual boost controller in and crank it up yep and then you're like, I wonder what happens if you crank that a wee bit more and a wee bit more, and then next <laughs> thing it doesn't take it anymore. Kaboom. Uh, another popular thing with them was to fit the 1.7 from a Volvo. So it was one of the old, I think it was a 440, had a 1.7 Reynolds engine in it that Volvo stuck a turbo onto. So then the Reynolds guys were coming back and going, is that a mm. Reynolds engine? We'll have that back. Mm. And dropping it in. I think they went through a phase of that, and then they realized it wasn't really much worth it, you know, compared to what you can get out of the 1400. In my scenario, I drive it for a few years. Why did I get rid of it? Probably sick of putting head gaskets on it. You know, so that's me out of that then. Just talking about Renault 5 turbos, I remember back in the day, there used to be a good sort of motor community in Cumber and all the rest of it, and used to be a bit of street racing. And there was a fella from, uh, I think it was Ballygown, and he had a white Renault 5 uh-huh. GT turbo. He had it in three spokes, decked. Of co- oh, yes. Uh, you know the TSW... Three spoke they done. Was it a TSW? No, it wasn't. I probably know them to see. It was an upgrade from the standard uh-huh. wheel, but he, he was running bigger turbo and all the rest of it. But it just looks just the in white they look fantastic. I love them. I think they're they're a cracking looking but car. That new E car that Reynolds are bringing out, it's modelled on the shape. Yeah, we, we talked about that at the time mm-hmm. and I think that's why I really liked it was because I, I do really like a Reynolds five. Yeah. And they kept a lot of the styling cues, a bit like we talked about in the original Mini when they brought out the, the BMW Mini, the first one. It did look like the original. Now they've kind of got away from that a bit. Yeah. But no, I, I'm a big fan of them. Very nice choice. Was there, was there many of them about back when you were younger? Would you have seen them about? Yeah. Aye, they were popular the, No, they weren't, they weren't mad popular, but when you seen them, special. Aye, you noticed it. But they were about. That's cool, yeah. You know, so yeah, good choice. What are you going for? Okay, going back to my Ford... Roots, and I'm sort of cheating a wee bit here because sort of technically these weren't made in the 90s unless you got a late registered one. Oh, there we go. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, as you might know, listened to earlier episodes, I had a Mark 1 Fiesta when I was younger, so I'm going to sort of move into Mark 2 that sort of categorizes it in. Um, Yeah, so that's why I'm picking that. The the XR2 is basically the great grand of the STs. So a bit of background on XR2s. The late 83, they had the first XR2. Um, and then the Mark II then, shortly after, in 84, they brought out, it was a 1.6 CVH engine. So that was like a hemispherical combustion chamber. Yeah. So it was short, shortened as Hemi. Oh, oh so there's an interesting one for you. I was going to say, that didn't catch on here the way it did in America. So the Mark One, it was a cross-flow engine, but the Mark II was a CVH engine. So they basically pulled an XR3 engine out and fired it in a Fiesta, single cam, hydraulic lifters, the Hemi combustion changer, chamber, as I talked about. The horsepower was up 12 brake from the Mark 1 XR2, 96 brake, 5 speed, 800 kilograms, not the 60, 10.2, top speed 112, front wheel drive. Over the standard models, you had the body kit, pepper pot wheels, rev counter, bucket seats, sports steering wheel, rally inspired spotlights, upgrade suspension, vented front brakes, better exhaust. Just a boy racer's dream. Just they really are. Ticking all the boxes. They sold in their thousands. And my brother has several of them in the shade. The X stood for X-Pack. That was like the performance mark of Ford. And the R started for racing. So back in 89, stroke 90, they were uh, £8,000, which is equivalent to about 20k today. They were basically the Essex Super Mini. Yeah. What, what I love about that is... Like, even now, like, we take cars and 
like, well, mostly what we do is Volkswagens, but you'll take like an engine from the bigger car or the next model up and drop it into the older cars. And Ford essentially did that with taking the Escort engine and putting it into it. The the reason I picked it too was when I was sort of knocking about with people in cars, like it was more common to get a run on a fella's XR2. And back then that was a fast car. Uh Um, There's some boys, an exhaust was as far as they went. And then you got it run some night and suddenly they'd put Webers on it and all the rest of it. And, when done right, they are quick, yeah. quick car. I remember being in one years ago, a friend of ours bought one that had been hit and he was banned for the engine to go into his rally car and we took it down the road totally legally and um, I was so ropey because because it was hit, something was broken the front end and when you accelerated, it tried to pull you right and you braked, it tried to pull you left and it was just an absolute death trap of a thing. Um, Modification-wise... I'm just going to go with full hog here, so buckle in. Uh, a set of Webers, a set of 40s. Of course. Um, John Speed or a Pico. Oh, a Pico, uh, one of those. Four branch, uh, Kent Cam with some light head work. I would probably put some good suspension in it. Um, I wouldn't touch the bodywork as it's like a Mark 1 GTI. It's perfection as such. Yeah, it's kind of a sin to do them. You, you like... do anything to it, it sort of takes away with it. Maybe I would put some 14 or 15 inch motorsport comp motor wheels on it, basically. But, uh, yeah, that's the way I would go to that. I really want one of those now you're talking about them. Yeah. <laughs> You've been sold. Um, <laughs> there was a fella, he, as I say, he had Webers in his and it just barks. Noise out of it. It, just, it was a bargain, yeah. As for getting rid of it, you'll never guess what it suffers from. The same thing as a Mark Three, Rust. Rust. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my old Mark One, the fella that worked on it when it came to welding for MOT, the last time he says, I can't do anything for you now. I can't weld rust to rust. Yep. So that's how the demise of that car would come. The man was essentially building a kit car for you. <laughs> he gets sick of seeing me. He says, get out. <laughs> so over to you, Lee. So uh, I was having a look when Connor had suggested this topic and he had said super minis. And I was thinking to myself, well, what what is a super mini? You know, so I looked it up. Uh, so Wikipedia says uh, it's a British car classification or vehicle size class for a small car usually in a hatchback body style and that's pretty much it I think so, the Americans call them a subcompact isn't it yeah but I was thinking when I was first thinking about it I thought the super does the super mean it has to be like the sporty version of the car like a GTI or a not necessarily turbo or, no, yeah. you know whatever um, so once I discovered that it wasn't then I was able to make my choice here we go <laughs> So I'll, I'll give you some, some details and see if you can guess what it is. It's a front-wheel drive car, first launched in September 1982, built in Zaragoza, Spain. I know already. I know already. <laughs> Griffin. The yep. uh, power in the car that I'm talking about came from a 1.2 litre 55 horsepower engine with carbs. Launched the UK market in 1983 rebadged from what it was called in Europe. And what was it called in Europe? It was called a Corsa. And what was it here? It was a Vauxhall Nova. Ah, that was predictable for you. <laughs> no, I never. Oh, wow. So I brought Nova catalog. my uh, brochure. So this is actually for the Mark 1s, although the one that I would probably pick would be a Mark 2. Yes, all right. Um, Gee, but for when we're talking about modifications, I actually, I have a set of these... You know, the SRY wheels. We'll post a picture. I'm showing them a picture. <laughs> but when I got this brochure, I've seen these wheels, mm-hmm. which I've never seen before. 
don't know what they are. They're like a, they're a bit like the wire wheel, except they don't have the, the slices in them. Uh, yeah. And I really want a set of those. Like filled in. So I need to find out what those are. I've never actually seen them before. Mm. It was funny. I was I was reading through this brochure when when uh, earlier on when we were researching for this, and uh, one of the things is that uh, rear seat belts were not standard. No. You, not, you had to spec them as an option. Not until the late eighties, <laughs> I want to say. Yeah. It's that, so funny. Sorry, that reminds me of a night I got stopped by the police and I had somebody in the rear. So oh, had rear seats on. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. See you later. <laughs> and uh, the policeman says, "Have you any reason why I was in the Mark One Fiesta? Have you any reason why uh, your passenger in the rear does not have a seatbelt on?" And he says, "Because they didn't come with rear seatbelts from manufacturer." And then he sort of went, "What?" And then he looked in the back and realised there was no seatbelts in the rear. Not yeah. in the Mark One Fiesta. Yeah. So it was just like score, score. They'll probably find me the next week or something. I thought you were going to say the rear passenger or the the guy in your rear was well plugged in. He wouldn't fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. So anyway, those of you who know me will know that I consider a 1.2 Vauxhall Nova to be the greatest car ever made. God tier, God tier. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just a fact. They are. So modifications, I would either go for a set of the Y wheels or these other wheels that I don't know quite know what they are, but Three I'm, I'm going to anyway. find them. Yep. 40 mil Lawrence Springs. Not going to go mad. Just a little bit of handling considerations. I'm going to put in a Kenwood head unit, similar to what not, I not had Alpine. in my own Vauxhall Nova. Lee is essentially building her Nova here. Yes. And a Halfords Rip Speed blue carbon gear knob. Oh, wow. Because they're the best. Well, here's the question, mm-hmm. right? So we're all in the car park. I take off in my Renault 5 GT Turbo. Nigel's in behind me there, closely following in the Fiesta. Parking away in my Weber's. If we're going to the cinema, do we have to go to a later show and wait for you, or do you just like walk in, in the middle of the film the time you catch up, or what's <laughs> do, happening? Do you here? want a saucer of milk with that there, Connor? <laughs> Fifty-five uh, horsepower. No, I will get there on time, and I'll have a much better time than you. Will you? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I suppose mine might break down. Nigel's yeah. might fall apart. Yours will fall apart. <laughs> I just Yours will have head I've gasket issues, and the Nova will overtake all of you and just trundle into the cinema. <laughs> I'll be Lisa, snacking on popcorn Lisa before James you guys even arrive. Yes, you are, actually. <laughs> Listen. Who's Clarkson? Guys, uh, <laughs> slow and steady wins the race. That's what James says. It probably is. <laughs> oh, my God. So, this comes now to the sad part of the story. Because, again, as you know, with uh, what I think of Novus, there's never going to be a reason why I'm going to get rid of it. Nope. So, one night, I parked up outside the house... I've done all my usual security checks because Novas are notoriously easy to steal even for an old car. I feel like there should be music playing in the background here at this point. The small violin. <laughs> what do you call that thing in Radio 2, the love stories? Oh, Lil, no. I'm not old enough for Radio 2 yet. <laughs> um, so I've done my usual. Take the front facing off the radio. Take it into the house with you. Uh, I always pulled the hazard light switch out and took it into the house with me because that's how you steal them. Yeah. I would pop down the wing aerial because you just know some cunt's gonna fucking walk past and snap, snap it, it off because you know dickheads so I always put that down put the disc lock on everything all secure no problem no joyrider's gonna get my nova but sadly a piano falls from the sky <laughs> <laughs> and crushes my poor little nova 
So what you're saying is that's what it's going to take for you to part with a Nova? Yes. A biblical event. It seems it seems reasonable to be fair, knowing you. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I'm back on the hunt then after my Renault 5 and in typical fashion this will be no surprise to anybody but I'm after something a little more reliable and it's a car that I seen first seen when I was about 10 years old and one of our neighbours bought it brand new and it was silver. It had three spoke alloys on it. It had a bit of a spoiler on it and I was just this was before I even liked cars and I remember looking at it going that thing's so cool and I was asking him about it and the guy was such a dickhead he wouldn't even like you entertained speaking to me about it or anything. I just remember as a kid staring at it going, I love that thing. How long were you staring at it? And did you have your hands in your pants? Probably at that <laughs> age, yeah. <laughs> That's maybe why I was talking to you. And uh, so I'm going for a Carbic Blue Corsa B GSI. So that's, probably, that's the color. Like I love it. It's so good. So Apart from what do you call the Vauxhall Nova color? Silk Violet. Oh, Silk Violet, yeah, mm. on the GSIs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful as well. So this is always the colour for me in these. I love them so much. Um, successor to Lee's Nova. They're superior build quality to a lot of the... No, they're much superior build quality, <laughs> even to the competition. Lee, they're called a Corsa B for a reason. <laughs> Probably... You have a Corsa A, Corsa, a Corsa a. B. That's it. Uh, they always get better. Yeah, A team versus B team. Hello. So this thing, sadly, is a bit underpowered. They're 108 horsepower from factory, which even as competitors, you know, at the time, it was still underpowered then. I was looking up the weights on them. They say everything from six or sorry, nine, 940 kilograms to 1100. 1100 seems very, very heavy for a Corsa B. Like that's a, a Mark III Golf territory. Of course, it was about 900. That's what I would have thought, yeah. Not 60 is something like 10.5 seconds. Again, dog slow compared to a lot of this stuff. 1987, when these were new, they were 12 grand, which in today's money is 22. It's deep enough. It is, yeah. And like even today, you can buy a VXR Corsa for 20. Yeah. 80, 80 kilos, yeah. So it's a lot lighter. Um, yeah, so a VXR Corsa today is 20 grand. So the equivalent GSI Corsa is it's two grand more it's again. Modifications wise, probably would have stuck with the the like the standard at the time with sixty mil spark springs, set of sixteen inch speed lines, which is an iconic look on them, uh, and probably at that point Lexus lights or some sort of Moretti headlights in it or something. Oh no! Yeah, but here it's the nineties. <laughs> sorry, yeah. if you've said it already. Sorry, but did you say an eight valve or sixteen valve? Sixteen valve. Sixteen valve. Yeah, I I absolutely love these things. So they were sold in the UK between nineteen eighty three and two thousand. Oddly enough, they were actually built in China by Buick afterwards. So they built them from 2000 right up to 2010 and sold them as brand new models. Oh, wow. A Buick seal. So you can imagine. Same look, everyone? Identical. They made a saloon version, which looked horrendous. They'd done a pickup version, which looks pretty cool. Is that common knowledge in MigWeb? I didn't think it was. I, I went hunting and found all this and I was like, why did I not know this? It's really strange. So it, I wonder is that maybe we're getting like repair panels and stuff from, you know, if you're getting them. That can only be good later. things for Corsa. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like the uh, South African market for Mark 1 Golfs, you know, the City Golfs there. That's I think that's where Heritage get a lot of their stuff from. I was very close to not picking the GSI, but it's hard not to when it's the, the daddy, even though it is 108 horsepower. But as a follow up to that would have been the 1400 16 valve SRI, black with the red stripe down the door. I, my mate had one I love those and they're really nice yeah like to me that's the best looking Corsa I absolutely 
I do you remember the, so cool. uh, the DOE advert? Yeah, I actually had that noted down. Did you? Yeah. Uh, do <laughs> That's you the saddest thing that ever happened to one of those. The, so obviously, for anybody outside of Northern Ireland, England don't get these and America don't either. Um, we have a bloodthirsty road safety officer. Yeah, that's the best way it's to put it. It's just the most impossible, horrific road crashes ever. Yeah, and they're all gruesome and they're all detailed. We've had kids run over by cars rolling through gas. I think they have a meeting and just have a lot of vodka and beer and go, right, how what? dark can we make it this time? They really do. It's They're great. But this what one, was the one where they rolled over the wall? Is this the one you're going to talk about? No, that, but that that's a cavalier. The guy he's drunk driving rolls out over a wall and crushes like a like basically a little classroom. school kids. Yeah, yeah. and the, there's another one. I think it might be a cavalier as well, where it flips over the fence and the wee fellow's playing football in the backyard. Oh, yes. that's right. Kills him too. Oh, I sent Vauxhall stars for you. Have you ever seen the one about the old couple and the old fella goes out on a tractor? The tractor. Yeah. Oh, they're heartbreaking. It's like up. Like, <laughs> have you ever seen Disney's Up? It's like that. <laughs> so, yes, uh, the day we done an advert where basically this guy is driving along with his girlfriend in the SRI Corsa, and I remember seeing it as a kid and going, "I love that thing," and then suddenly it leaves the road. Slides sideways through a field, hits a tree, the tree collapses the passenger door in and kills the girlfriend, and then he's left to deal with the consequences. And your dad was actually involved in this, Well, yeah, he? my dad, I can't remember where he said they filmed it, but he saw it all being filmed, and they were, obviously they had the car on a winch, and they kind of, they pulled it across the field into the tree or whatever. Is that the one, the guys in the back, he done all the damage? Oh, no, no that's, that's the seatbelt one. That's the seatbelt. I think it's a Ford Escort, that one. Oh, right, And right. Samantha Mumba's body to bodies playing in the background well, for anybody that, that was shot basically out our backfields. Oh, really? Ah. Hillsborough Road. That's... And then you have the one with a guy in the wheelchair at the end bouncing the basketball. Do you remember that one? Ah, it's like kind one. of rave we're, music and then it's like... stuff. <laughs> so welcome to Northern Ireland, folks. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you can, you can YouTube these, they'll be on it. Uh, yeah, yeah no, no problem. And absolutely, well, you could really want to get dark. You talk about the anti terrorism ones as well. Do you remember oh, those? They're <laughs> epic. I show our apprentice Susan work. <laughs> What's this? The cats in the cats cradle. In the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, there's one of them, it's like a scene from uh, oh, what do you call Scarface? You know, where he's got machine gun. Oh, he's this machine gun on the guy in the steps and all. Yeah, oh, they're great. <laughs> If anybody wants them, I'll link you to them. Say hello to my little friend. What do you say on the Belfast exit? <laughs> you don't. Hey, say hello to my little friend. Hair, mate. <laughs> Get on. Oops. Wrong oh, wrong um, so, sadly, nowadays, I sort of went hunting as well. Sadly, nowadays, courses are thin on the ground. I tried to see what they're going for now in GSIs. They are, surprisingly. And when you think how many of them there were back in the day, but like, why? It's so strange. Because they all got rode off. Yeah. Rot and they all got smashed. The DOE well, were, I think that they were doing one of those free insurance deals, I think, when they first yeah. came out and they were everywhere. Yeah. No, they, these were the car to have that yeah. in Saxos. But I think Rot crashes and a lot of them were butchered in the Max Power days as well is uh, a lot to deal with. And a lot of them had engine conversions done and probably just as I say got broke again for more there's parts so many got the red top conversions oh yeah and they're so front heavy they're disaster to yeah. drive just a personal note Marcus Plowman's yes Lotus one was just it was class just fantastic um, I actually couldn't find any GSIs for sale but the only thing I could find was on Car and Classic there's a project for sale which actually is a Carbic Blue one but you only tell that because of the insides of the doors it's been rubbed down for primer and it was taken off the road 20 years ago, again, to be built into a Max Power car, and never happened. So it was just stripped, 
rubbed down, primed, and it just sat there for 20 years. And that project's two grand. And I kind of was weighing up. I was like, would that be good or would that be bad? Because there's probably bits missing left, right, and center from it. But that's literally the only thing I could find for sale on a GSI at the minute. Base models are about a thousand pounds or so, which still weirds me out. I'm just imagining Andy Gamble ears perking up at the moment. Oh, Andy Gamble. No all of them. courses being he, described he, in he detail. He had a lovely wee green uh, 1400 SRI. That would be yeah. my pick. Yeah. Of, of course, it would be that green. They're they're lovely. No, they are so nice now. Um, how does it leave me? Probably over a hedge. I'm going to guess it's wrote off. <laughs> so. oh, I didn't realise you had to leave these ones. Well, maybe not. You can keep it if you want. Right. It is likely going to go over a hedge, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next pick then, Nigel? Yeah, big surprise here. Uh, Mr. Volkswagen, he is going to pick a Volkswagen. I thought so. Going super mini, what do you think when you sm- think of small 90s Volkswagens? Polo G40. Ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> so why am I picking this? Well, basically, I moved out of my Ford phase when I was a teenager into my Volkswagen phase. I had a Mark II Polo Coupe AS and... That was me hooked on Volkswagen. My, fr- my friends had Mark II Golfs, Mark I Golfs. And when the G40 came out, it was just like, what the hell is this? A oh. supercharged car? I, back and before I, they were common. Yeah. Um, unique, rare, say, dream car. And the coolest thing on them was the red supercharged badge on the rear. Just <laughs> You're yeah. not going to miss it. Brilliant. Um, just a bit of background stats. So... The Mark II Polo GT G40 it was named as, not the Mark III, was launched at the Frankfurt Show in 1985. It was Germany only, 500 of them made, released in 87. They sold out immediately and apparently a lot of Volkswagen employees bought them all, all 500 of them. Um, It didn't make its way to the UK shores until 1993 or 92, I can't remember. So, yeah. Uh, the predecessor to the G40 and the Mark III was the GT, which was a 1300 multipoint fuel injection. It was 75 brake horsepower. Um, so the G40 was basically a, a, a GT with a G40 and a bit of different badge work and wheels on it. Um, it was a 1.3 1272cc multipoint injection with a G ladder supercharger. The 40 stood for the 40 millimeter size of the displacer width and the G was what represented the G ladder shaped charger. It produced 114 brake horsepower, 109 pound foot torque, not the 60 and 8.1, max speed 121 miles an hour. The brakes, they upgraded the brakes to 239 vented discs. I think they were 8 valve golf uh, yeah, brakes, be. maybe a derivative of them. Uh, suspension 20 miles lower and stiffened a rear thicker alley roll bar it had a Le Mans sport interior beasting aerial and 13 by 5.5 inch alloys and then as I said the G40 badges which are so cool it was priced at 11k and around that time you could buy a Mark II GTI for a very little bit more they didn't sell well that's probably why you too um and some of them sat in four courts for many years, or I think they started up the G40 Cup series as well, and I think a lot of them went rid of it. Yeah. Um, no, as I say, G40 was just my dream. I, I could never afford real. it. It's just so unique and mm-hmm. special of a car. It's just one of those cars. But I see to buy one today. They're a weird car. They're not They're not making big money like a Mark One or Mark II. They're yeah. ver- still very affordable. Um, parts of them's colossal yeah see to buy an engine conversion for one because I looked at putting a G40 into my Mark 1 at some point and like 
you'll give half the price of a G40 car for the engine. Yeah. It's mental. Um, modifications, uh, R1 charger rebuild, uh, SWG twin intake, manifold exhaust, smaller charger, charger wheel, or charger pulley, and some sort of chip ECU or remapping session. And you're probably talking, I think they make about 140, 150 at that. Nice. That's a sharp car, though. Our friend Andy Maxwell, he has one. And yep. it's probably in around that or so, yeah. isn't it? It's just mental. They're geared very accelerate, you know, to yeah, accelerate. Not top end. After 80, 90 mile an hour, that's when the... Do you really want to be doing more than 80, 90, 90, Correct. 90 mile yeah. an hour one of those? <laughs> um, I didn't realise we were ending these cars. I would keep it forever. Well, you can keep it forever. But I would probably end up crashing it. And the engine conversion would go into Mark 1 somewhere. Yes, I like that. <laughs> so it would that. live on. It would live on. <laughs> the charger probably seize up as well. Well, there is that too, but you can always stick... They used to stick uh, Mini Cooper yeah, superchargers the on them. chargers on them. And yeah. then I think a few boys done uh, turbo conversions on them. Yeah. Turbo's not a bad thing to do on them yeah. either. But the bottom end of them, they were, it was like... I think it was like uh, sodium filled valves and oh, they're they really well pistons and all. Like the bottom ends could take a lot. Yeah, they're a proper building. I think thing. people started to push them and went a bit too far with them. But like the Renault fives. Yeah, and, yeah. So over to Lee to finish this up. I'm wondering if either of you can guess what my pick is. I don't know. I really don't know. No. Okay. No. So I'll set the scene again. It's the early to mid nineties. My beloved Nova. Has suffered a terrible, crushing piano damn pianos. accident. I just seeing you screaming at the sky, Lee, going, "Damn you, piano!" Why? Elsewhere in the world, the 1.8 liter 16 valve Clio is tussling for hot hatch glory with oh. the aging Peugeot 205 GTI. The Clio is a better car by many objective criteria, but not convincingly faster in the in the eyes of many people. The Peugeot still holds the crown. You could argue that Renault, it's kind of doesn't really matter because they already have the ultimate car with the GT5 or the Renault 5 Turbo. Yep. But it took a really special car to settle the debate once and for all, kick those damn Peugeots to the curb. And that was, of course, the Cleo Williams. Oh, oh. yeah. Delicious. <laughs> Quite the peg. Much more than simply. A 16-valve Clio with an extra 200cc, yeah, um, which is what some people might say. Um, it had all the kind of glittery association with the Williams F1 team, even though they didn't really actually have anything to do with the car at all. No, it was a Brandon exercise, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Um, it was mostly built because uh, for homologation with rallying, uh, they had to build 2,500, I think, to for homologation requirements. They ended up building uh, quite a lot more than that. Suspension was reinforced, um, borrowed from the Clio Cup cars. The track was increased by 34 mil, and the speedline alloys are half an inch wider than the 16 valves. And unforgettably, gold. Yes, I like gold. <laughs> the gold against that blue, like the dark, like the yeah. blue, lovely. Yeah. Stronger strength and gearbox, revised ratios. Only the one color was offered: a uh, 449 metallic sports blue with the gold wheels. The engine was 148 horsepower at 6,100 RPMs and 126 pound-feet of torque. They're just cool. They just look so cool. I mean, yeah. you can't argue with that. Our friend Stefan's a big Cleo guy, and was back in the day. He knows the guy who has number one. They're numbered in series, mm -hmm. those cars. He I think he knows the guy who has number one and number two from back in the day. Oh, no. uh, two different guys, like, but... 
Yeah, they, they are a cool car. Out of all the pick of the later 90s stuff, they're probably the car. You know, they're, they're certainly better than the G, G40. The, they're a lot better than the GSI Corsa. They're a really good driver's car. Yeah, they're a proper car. Um, Probably close to that. 106 GTI, but it's, you know, for handling wise. If I was going 106, I'd go for the rally. Oh, yeah, the rally. Wayne Douglas's. My mate had a phase one and a phase two, and it was such a car. Wayne Douglas, our listener, he sent me yep. a video the other day that, um, what do you call it? Oh, what's, what's the show on TV? Uh, the Car SOS. Car SOS, that's it. And they were doing a 106 rally, and they actually used footage that Patrick McCullough had shot. For the like the intro scene, uh-huh. and Wayne's like handbreaking around like a hairpin band wheel spinning all the white 106 rally. I like, yeah, I like that. Controversy stalked the Cleo Williams as it does with a lot of iconic, well, people and cars and whatever you want to say. Um, having made a great car and realizing that they had the, a big success story on their hands, they couldn't resist making a Williams 2. Oh, yeah. But that pissed people off because the original run were all numbered, as you said, you know, number one, number two, whatever. And these were not. These were just more, not numbered, just more Cleo Williams. And then they made a third one, which came in a slightly different colour, Monaco blue this time. Um, A couple of upgrades on that. It had ABS and so on. Um, But in total, there were over 12,000 Cleo Williamses made. Although the f- initial, I think, two and a half thousand were supposed to be the a limited, limited run. run. Come by this limited car. It's like the limited edition courses you get now. So how did, what happened to this one? How did it uh, come out of my ownership? Well, I think after many years of happy ownership and uh, herring around country roads and so on, Stefan eventually wore me down with his begging. To buy it. And I sold it to him <laughs> so that I could upgrade to... What I consider the ultimate hot hatch. But maybe we'll do another topic on that someday. There we go. <laughs> Excellent. And you can hear and our opinions on that. It sits in a shade forever and more at Stefan's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say very much. <laughs> very good. So there we go, folks. Yeah, that was a, a bit of fun this episode. Um, as I say, you guys had give us a bit of feedback on what you guys would pick and... I think there's some obvious choices for ourselves and some not so obvious. Nigel, you essentially followed your actual path with yeah. you went. Yeah, I went with the Corsa because that's what I had done. Um, if I had known the Corsa, probably would have been a 106 GTI. I have a soft spot for those things. I, I had that narrowed down, but I had several in each category. Um, You'd like have done a lot of them. The 90s, RS Turbo was a real special car back in the day. 106 Rally. Yep. Even yeah. the VTS Saxos essentially are a 106 yeah. GTI. I, I do like them. I have a soft spot for French cars, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> I cut that bit out. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so will we finish off with our listener questions? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I haven't had questions in a couple of episodes now because we had guests on. They ran a bit longer. Yeah, sorry, guys. So we uh, decided to put it back out to you guys and you didn't let us down. So the first one we'll start with is... Tony, dead broke and but ugly. It describes the man well. He says, how do I convert my scene points from metric to America? So there's probably a conversion that you multiply by cheeseburgers and eagles and things like that. And it probably works out thereabouts. Probably shoot something as well. There you go. Um, Fogel underscore O'Reilly 26. He says, ideal carbureted engine. Sorry, ideal carbureted setup on any engine with any car. I think you have it, Lee. Twin 45s. On a 2 litre 16 valve? Yes. I 
would have a Mark II Escort with a Harris built engine Ooh. running Weber's. Yes. Yep. Be some bark off that. They really would, yeah. That's the perfect way to describe it. That yeah. would have been a good question for Ben. Yeah, we, <laughs> we are we are strictly not experts in this area. <laughs> if it was throttle bodies, it would be an E uh E forty six on throttle bodies. Bit of rasp. Oh yep. Um S fourteen OCP says second hand car market crashes, you've got ten grand. What are you hoping drops into your budget? I'm so predictable. What is it? Mark 4 R32. Well, they're, they're already within your budget, but you, you could get a really good one mm. if it drops in. E36 M3. E30. Oh, yep. yeah. Because they're mid-teens, the late teens. That should have been mine. Uh, E36 M3, I just think they're a fantastic car. Golf rally. <laughs> what are they, like 30 grand now? 30? Or more Keep again? on trucking. Well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll uh, backtrack from the golf rally then. <laughs> no, do you know what? A really clean Mark One Pirelli edition. Oh yeah, yeah. If that could come on for ten grand, yeah, Yeah. something like that. Something I could butcher. Um, Ian K. He says, "What do you think of when someone mentions Florida?" And yes, we are as wild as it seems on the news. I don't know. Two things: alligators carrying off children, (laughs) that kind of thing. (laughs) Two things: Disneyland and freedom Cletus McFarland (laughs) the freedom factory I was going to say Disney (laughs) roller coasters (laughs) Ian and Leo were recently looking for a new car and he sent me an advert for a car that was for sale that stated that there was marks in the front bumper from an alligator bite I was like honestly is the best policy color what's the problem I was like this is exactly Florida this is a Florida all over so it made me laugh quite a bit. That's like somebody from North Belfast showing a picture of the bumper. Volatile riot brick. <laughs> Hit this. <laughs> Authentic riot brick. Uh, Ian K. again, he says, what's your least favourite thing to do on a car? I have lots. Clutch. Anything to do with rust. Welding would be a... Ah, yeah. I can't no. weld, but... No, you're you're right, actually. Um, Unfortunately, I can't Brakes weld. can be a pain in the ass if there's seasoning of bolts. Yes, they can. I've learned that recently. <laughs> Aren't they, Connor? <laughs> yes, they can be. Um, yeah, anything to do with rusts is never never fun, now, is it? Um, Depends on your uh, knowledge and sort of skill set, I suppose, to that question. It does, yeah. And it's one of those things, too. It's like, is it a daily driver that you just want to get going again? Or is it a project? You know, yeah. something like rust repair on a project, you can put more time into it. But if your daily is up for MOT and you need to get it sorted and patched to sell, it's like, oh, <laughs> really don't want to be doing this. Um, Robin33, he says, uh, what car what car builder inspires you the most and why? No real car builders, as in like anybody particularly famous, I would say. For those in the Volkswagen scene, there's a few guys. Um, back in the day, you had Big Ron with the Mark 1s. Mm-hmm. Who else is there? Nick Kramarczyk in America with the Mark 2. Anybody that's really building stuff that is attention to detail or getting hands on themselves and actually doing the work, you know, that's I like to see that. Somebody that, even if it's not 100% mint, someone who's put the effort in and gave it a go themselves and tried to do something. I, I like that kind of thing. <sighs> There's such a wide variety of different people. There is. I could probably tell you bike builders more than car builders. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just like to follow people on Instagram building the cars. Famous ones. Uh, more industrial ones. Singer. I like seeing videos of the production of Singer Porsches. Ah, uh, yeah. Some of them stuff's um, unbelievable. 
Ian Terrell, you know, Harry's Farm. Yeah. I like to watch his videos and the building of that. It's just their their knowledge of the classic performance cars is very, very good. Inspiration though, hmm, I don't know. It's a good question. I like to actually think about that more. Yeah. Sorry we haven't given this more thought. Yeah. <laughs> really? You pretty much stole my answer. I was gonna suggest Nick because yeah. uh I think because he's kind of just gives it a go. Yeah, you know what I mean? And he, he and tries he a load of different stuff and okay, yeah, okay, sometimes it doesn't work, but quite often it does. He learns from it. Yeah. 99% of the time he just touches something and it works. <laughs> it's very annoying. Um, Kathan underscore GTI and I, what's worse, port car scene group or vegans? Ah, uh, that's, that's a, a difficult tough call. One. John 44 is worse than the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it is. <laughs> um. One thing I would say that the vegans have going for them, at least they're leaving more meat for us. I don't know about the, <laughs> the rest of them. <laughs> Good answer, Connor. AJMVW, Andy Maxwell, he says, do you, th- do you think forums will make a return? I think there's still a place for them. I can't see any more forums really returning as such. You might find some that are existing growing because of like people that exercise it enjoy forums using them more because it's the only thing that you know is left. But it's too simple for people to start up a Facebook group now. You know, yeah. you've no background work to do. And it's a massive undertaking and cost for somebody to set up a forum and run it well, and moderate it. And We spoke to Andy Maxwell, or Andy Maxwell, Andy Cooper, way back, and he has his forum. And it, like, the work involved in that is incredible. And that's yeah. going, what, 20 years plus? You know, so, again, it kind of goes back to that thing of a lot of people now want instant gratification, where they want the thing to be hit the ground running and not have to build it up. So if you can start like an Instagram page or a Facebook page, it's a lot more readily available to you. But no, I, I something I would like more of, but just don't think it's going to happen. Crankenwagon, he says, can't think of one, but want to say thanks for podcast. You guys are beauties. Potatoes. Lovely. Well, <laughs> we can say poutine because he's from Canada. <laughs> and beavers. <laughs> uh, thank you. Eh? Eh. <laughs> Ronan underscore hits 21. Can't really decide on what diff to buy. Also, import VAT from UK is a bitch. Welcome to Brexit. Send them to us, run and then take a wee road trip. Very true, actually, yeah. Oh, no, he'll, he'll have to get us to buy it. Aye. Aye. Sure, yeah. It works, it yeah. works. Come up for that new show. Yeah. There we go. Um, also, oh, also, I'm not one bit sad. I broke my clutch. For goodness sake, Ronan, when you stop killing that. He's really personal, <laughs> like, I mean, that sounds like a diff is something that he doesn't need. Yeah. Um, just, just find his next weakest link. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anthony underscore M85. Funniest slash most lighthearted thing you've seen at a car show. Stickers, moments, etc. We've seen quite a bit of car shows. Titanic dubs, we had a wedding proposal. Oh, aye. Yeah, remember the Scottish right. guys, Rue? Aye, Rue, he, he proposed. At the Down thing. in the dry dock. It was yeah. pretty cool. Dump shed one year, the girl brought the Mark 6 or Mark 5 with a scrambler up. That's right, roof. yeah. Eye outside on it. That was cool. I would like to see them putting that onto the roof, on the roof rack. It was a van. Oh, they put it out of a van. van up with a ramp and drove it down ah. on. So Testing the the structure of the roof. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> what else have we seen? Oh, there's loads of stuff. I'd need to sit down and think about that for a while. Seeing dogs in like funny outfits always <laughs> oh, kind of sends me to the fair. I, I like dogs in general. I like that. You see the like the like pit bull type dogs with like a wee security oh, vest I, or something on. And I think that's very that's cute. Right. It was one of those at audition one year, <laughs> and then we were when the or sunglasses, dogs in sunglasses. Good times. I, I think the funniest thing I seen 
and this is going back a few years, was Ray at Edition 38 with the van and the scene tape stickers spelling out various words at praise giving. Oh, I'd say that was good, was it? Were they yeah. words that can't be said? Uh, yeah. You're likely, yeah. So like we right. were standing there praise giving thousands of people at the stage and there's Ray drives past with all these expletives and rude sayings. <laughs> Behind the stage. <laughs> we just burst out laughing. I like that. Yeah, that was probably one of my highlights there. Yeah. There was one year we were... This isn't uh, lighthearted or wholesome, like, but we were at Edition 38, and one of the guys at a Mark II, which actually I bought in the end, um, he put scene tape all over it and got people to write all over it, just left like pens on it. And it wasn't long after Madeline McCann had went missing, and uh, someone wrote <laughs> Madeline McCann's in the boot. And he left it on, and the people, there was a lot of people did not like that. He got a lot of abuse for it driving through the campsite. I think weekend shows, one of my favourite things is watching people come into the show hanging on the Sunday. Oh, yeah. It's usually you. No, definitely no. not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. We'll move on before we incriminate ourselves. Yeah. Jackie underscore 195. He says, what's the worst thing you've seen broken on a car while being driven? He was telling me last night that he and Matt were in Banbridge just bumped into each other randomly and some woman drove past with a completely flat wheel just as if nothing was happening and you could smell the burning rubber of the flat wheel which would probably be nice to drive on. Lee, you're, you drive in the south, you're bound to see a lot of stuff. Oh, I've seen some sights, oh, I thought this was, you guys. <laughs> I thought this was while the car you were driving what is broken. So while no you're other driving, people, but I wouldn't have right, seen. But I'll stand it down this one. I've, you're not going to incriminate yourself no. with what you've done? <laughs> <laughs> not guilty, Your Honour. I can't think of anything that broken but i've seen uh we're driving i was working in belfast one day and i seen some guy coming out of a hardware shop with uh no roof rack but an eight before sheet of plywood on the roof and he was holding it out the door with one hand and his passenger was holding it out the other door with the other hand that's terrible i might have done that years ago i would love to see the, the wind <laughs> catching that <laughs> i can't think of any just off the top of my head but oh i did see a guy one time in a, a slicker with uh lawnmower in the boot with you know with the boot open just and i just i was just imagining the conversation between him and his wife when he bought this car and she was probably like what are you buying that a stupid sports car for you don't need that and he going no honey listen it's a very practical car and i'll prove it to you and i'll put the lawnmower in the boot <laughs> and can't it's just a big spoiler one of the I think one of the highlights of, not the highlights, or strangest thing I've seen. Strangest? Dangerous? What, I don't know. What's the question again? Uh, broken on a car. Well, it wasn't exactly broken. The, the fella that was standing beside him was broken after it. Oh, right. It was a Max Part night in Cumber, and there was a fella in a twin cam diffing, and he came around and started sweeping around the crowd. Clipped and him. a fella stood out, and the fella was like, it was like batting up a baseball. <laughs> the boy just went flying. <laughs> the twin cam made a hasty exit from the... I'd say it did, yep. Yeah. Probably play it solve it and get burned out. I think he's you ever seen a, a surfboard making a quick exit off a car? I have, yeah, funny <laughs> enough. On the motorway at two o'clock in the morning. Um, Caleb McClanahan, he says, How low boy friendly is the driven 3.0 run? I give it a nine out of ten thumbs For up of approval. Oh, that's good because him and Marty are low. Yeah. Um, that dot underscore dot oh, that dot silver dot wagon. I can nearly speak. Sound off ITBs or turbocharger. ITBs. ITBs. Hmm. Yep. Always. Or if you've got a massive screamer pipe. <laughs> Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> David underscore Jack underscore Hill. 
Do you think how things are going, we will get some sort of shows before the summer is out locally? What do you yes. reckon? Euro Travel, yes. 3rd of July. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Yes. Get her done. Get her bucked. Uh, Mar and Chris, what goes through people's minds arranging to view a car then not showing? That's probably one I'm of those. I'm a ball bag. Yeah. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> Lovely. I think it's one of those things that's, there's a lot of dreamers out there, isn't it? You know, when they convince themselves that, yes, I'm going to go look at this and I'm going to buy it and then... They build it all up and then they don't go and actually do it. Yeah, and they won't see a face by saying, hey, I'm not coming. Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And they're probably texting their mates the screenshot of the conversation. I'm going, going to look at this. I'm going to look at this. And then they never do. Yeah. yeah. They play Call of Duty instead. This is why I never sell anything. They play Call of Duty, eat cheese puffs and Red Bull. Yep. Or sorry, not Red Bull. <laughs> Fanta. <laughs> they drink Fanta too. <laughs> What's wrong with cheese puffs? <laughs> she also eats cheese puffs. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a gamer sitting doing stuff. <laughs> you can't say a monster, that's it. That's holy. Uh, Pete Tag 88 he says E91 325i 3 litre naturally aspirated stretch 6 is it a future classic it's the last one uh, last one since 1968 I don't know that's an estate E90 isn't it E91 might be an estate I I don't know everything becomes a classic eventually it does yeah I wonder if it's a future classic because it's the last of naturally aspirated Straight sixes, you know, in the three two five. Oh, right, okay. It'd probably be some sort of BMW buffy would be all Get over. Get one bought, stick in a shed. Um, it's Everybody hard to know. Do, do a Dogecoin or Dogecoin, Dogecoin. Dogecoin. It's it's hard to know what uh, you know what people's going to be wanting because it's a bit like when you go to classic meets and stuff now and you see like a one liter Fiat Tipo or something and you're like, yeah, I would have crushed that or that would have <laughs> a field car. <laughs> yeah, it's now a classic. There's F- a wee, um, I think it's a. Nissan Sunny or something that you see at all the Jap shows and it's just like yeah. totally original. The white one. Mint. But it's like the sort of thing your granddad would have driven. Do you know what I mean? And you wouldn't look twice at back in the day but now because you don't see them anymore you're like wow look at that. I also sort of wonder who saved that you know or was it just like in a garage somewhere and somebody died sort of thing. You never know. Um, with a succession of ones here from FF Metalworks. Denny. You guys are the best. We are. Oh thanks Denny. We'll, we'll take that. Um Connor, say carburetor in your sexiest arse accent. I usually say carb, so no. Um, <laughs> Denied. Not, not indulging you. Um, am I here for your entertainment? Can you ship me a VR5 to put in the Alpha? He is an Alpha kit car. Have you seen it? No. It's a oh, yes, half replica sorry. of yeah, the yeah. old P30s. I think He's, he put it on the face-off. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. So it'd be interesting, something snazzy and noisy in that. Um, oh, we must do another face-off soon. Yes, that was good. Forgot all about that. <laughs> um, what's your favourite carburetor? I'd probably just go with the the bog standard. 1045s. 1045 Webers, yep. Weber. Dorados yeah. are a bit niche. Yeah. I do I do like a downdraft as well, like, but for the the skull was going to be a side draft, Weber's like enough. Yep. And then to finish up, uh, we have our Scottish friend Grant Gilliland. He says does anyone else have a 10 minute job that actually takes 45 minutes plus? I'm on a bad run here. All Welcome the time. to working Anything in cars. Anything with cars, yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Lee's Jetta has been one of those, but it's mm. went from like a week-long job to a three-month job. <laughs> yeah, pretty much anything you touch on cars is like that. It always is. So that's the end of our questions, folks. Thank you very much. Yes, thanks for the questions. Yeah, thanks very much for listening, everybody. Just before Lee closes up, just a reminder, Driven Run, yes. the 29th of May, Saturday the 29th, 10am. Details soon online. Fair enough. Yeah, so thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, collectively, we are at Reload Podcast. 
I'm at Maxwell House 46. I'm at V Dubboy. And I'm at Connor McCann. And cheers. See you all again soon. Cheers, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.